Hallelujah. The service is not over yet. <laughs> uh, you're trying to rush me. Good morning, everybody, once again. We are all welcome in the name of Jesus. Um, it's nice to be back. I think I've been away for about two Sundays now. And thank God for his mercy and his grace upon us. Just one or two announcements quickly before we share from the Word of God. You remember sometime in May, we announced that we shall be having, um, we call it breakfast prayer. That was on Saturdays. And um, what we sensed the Lord said to us at that time was that it was going to be for three months. And the three months was up yesterday. Um, but we discovered that many of us did not know it was about to end. So by the grace of God, it will be ending now on the 5th of September, just before we start getting ready for autumn. And uh, so we have one on the 15th, 6 a.m. on Saturday, on the 22nd, and on the 5th. I will encourage as many of us as possible to be there so that we can call on the name of the Lord together. And as we do so, his name shall be glorified in our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lion of the tribe of Judah, what a wonder you are. Lion of the tribe of Judah, what a wonder. today, Lord. Do mighty things in our lives. We know you have not finished with us yet. And there's still a lot you want to do. We say, go ahead and do it, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Cause every heart to be opened unto you this afternoon. And let us see your glory, O God. Thank you once again for hearing us. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we are praying. God bless you, choir. Thank you very much. I'll share with us briefly um, under the title, The Language of Mercy. And um, we will spend some quality time to pray this afternoon. And I believe that this month of mercy, every one of us, we shall obtain mercy in a special way in Jesus' name. I believe there's a language called the language of mercy. And like any other language, it must be understood and spoken if one will enjoy the full benefit of it. I hope you know that what actually separates people or distinguish one people from another or what makes people to engage most is not most of the time their culture, it's not most of the time even the color of their skin, is their language. 
I've discovered that even within, within cultures or within groups of people, within ethnic groups, there are subcultures and they speak languages that are only known unto those subcultures. You are probably have known, you know, gangs or whatever. What binds them together is their coded languages that they speak. And so, this afternoon, by the special grace of God, we want to look at a special language called the language of mercy. And that language must be understood first and then spoken. I don't know about you. I think the first thing that every child does before they start speaking that they begin to understand. You tell them, sit down. They sit down. You tell them, get up. They get up. You tell them, don't do that. They don't do it. And so, this language, just like any other language, can exclude or include. I discovered that languages actually exclude. And that's why many times we encourage that when people that don't speak the language that you speak are around you, you avoid speaking so that you don't exclude them. Well, the better way to put it is that if you can't include them, don't exclude them. Because languages include. So on that basis this afternoon, by the special grace of God, we will look into the scripture and see this language called the language of mercy. Just like any other language, people that you speak the language around them, they get lost if they don't understand it. I believe you must have been there before. You know, I, I never knew how much I missed school until I went to a French-speaking country, and they were speaking French around me, and I was just praying that, God, I'm so sorry I didn't listen to my French teacher. Everything was in French. It was so unfair. In actual fact, they spoke more English in France than in that particular town that I went to. I was so frustrated with them, and they decided to frustrate me to the core. No, I tried to do, um, uh, 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 je ne pas comprendre français, they just can't be bothered. I said, I don't understand French, they just can't be bothered. They just make sure that they, you know, what do you use the word, the colloquial word we use? They, they, they troubled me, let me put it that way. And the simple reason is that I didn't speak that language. I pray you will speak this language of mercy in the name of Jesus. But first of all, you will understand the language of mercy. And I'll look, take us through a few passages in the scripture to tell us there's a language called the language of mercy. As I mentioned before, as I was, you know, hard done by simply because of my own error, because I was given the opportunity to learn French, and I did not, you know, we're making fun of our teacher. The man comes to class and says, Bonjour. And the only name we call the man, we say, Ah, Bonjour is coming. I wish I listened to Bonjour. Listen, so today I pray you will listen unto the teacher of the language of mercy, which is God himself. And so that when that language is being spoken, you will understand it in Jesus' name. Let your amen be loud and clear. I say you will understand the language of mercy in the name of Jesus. I saw in the scripture a few people who were really frustrated because they did not understand the language of mercy. I saw in the scripture a few people, they lost out. They lost out. They thought they understood it, but they lost out. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 to 16, I'll read a few of it for you. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. Verse 6. And about the eleventh hour, that's where we got the eleventh hour from. He went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? 
They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. Hallelujah. Verse 8. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. Was that fair? And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, just as you and I will complain, saying, these last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, am I doing you any wrong? Or I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eyes evil because I am good? So the last will be the first. And the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. Hallelujah. So, language of mercy. The Lord was saying, you know, in this place, it's not your own order of things that we follow. And these people who are lost, in actual fact, there will be many in the kingdom of God who may end up suffering. Before we get to that kingdom of God on the last day, there are many here on earth who are complaining and whining and saying it's not fair. Others have not labored as much as I have in the kingdom. But God says that you are a beneficiary of mercy yourself. Don't stop others enjoying mercy. You don't know the day you will need mercy yourself if you think that you are okay today. In Luke chapter 11 verses 11 to 13. Luke 11 verses 11 to 13. I read again. And it was about the parable of the sower. You remember that story? Sorry, the parable of the, um, of the prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son. I think I need 15, sorry. Uh, God, my is parable of the 15, it should be. He said, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. You know the rest of the story. I'll fast track for you very quickly to verse 25 right now. Now his older son was in the field. That was after the younger son came back. If you know the story, you are following me. Are you? And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. That was the older son. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, he has received him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. Also mercy to him as well. So he answered and said to his, to, uh, to his father, Lo, this many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And you, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. That man was not speaking the language of mercy. If he has asked the father, the father will have given me a goat. That's what I meant. If you don't understand the language, you'll miss out. If you don't understand the language, you keep thinking that it is by you laboring and laboring and laboring that you will get all you need. There is time for labor. There is time for mercy. 
And the time of mercy is now. The time of mercy is now. And it's led for you to understand that God says, I want to speak to you in mercy. Are you ready to hear and understand the language of mercy? Very quickly, there are two parts to the message. One of which I will talk today on Wednesday. By the grace of God, we will talk about the concluding part. And the first thing is how to understand the language. And the second one will be how to speak the language. How to speak the language. But today we just talk about understanding the language of mercy. There are a few things that are called syntax. If you talk about language, they call it, they call it syntax and grammar. That is what are some of the rules that guide the language. And, and if I may ask us, there are a few rules that guide English language. Uh, do you know any of the rules that guide English language? Anybody? It's one of the easiest languages to speak. Uh, some of you are rolling your eyes already and say, ah, we just barely, I barely speak it. <laughs> uh, just the same thing here. Uh, there are some rules that guide English language. There are some, there are some things that cannot follow a vowel. Uh-huh. There, are, there are some things that must follow a vowel. And, and, so, and, and it's one of the easiest languages to learn. I can assure you, the language of mercy is even easier than English language that is reasonably easy. Difficult languages. Do you know anyone one of the most difficult languages, anybody? Do you know? French, No. I, French was not difficult. I was the one that was difficult. Forget about French. <laughs> eh? Eh, somebody mentioned it. Chinese. Chinese. Chinese have... How many alphabets do you have in English language? 26. Good. And most other languages that are derivation of the Roman-rooted language, we have between 26 and some 24, but seldom more than 35. Any of the other languages that I've taught. Chinese has... 2,000 alphabets. That takes a a lifetime to learn. But I can assure you, mercy has fewer alphabets than even the easiest of all languages. And some of those alphabets we shall learn today in the name of Jesus Christ, and we shall begin to flow with them. Number one, you need to know that it is the language of heaven. What do I say? Mercy is the language of... You need to flow with me this afternoon and be very excited. You know, mercy is something you must be excited about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I know your life is very far from being over yet. There are still so many grounds that the Lord wants to give unto you. And you must be excited so that you can possess them. I said, mercy is coming your way in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because mercy is about something that is flowing all the time. Understand it and care into it. And so the first thing that I said is one of the earliest syntaxes or one of the rules that guide this language that it is the language of heaven. Exodus chapter 25, I read verses 21 and 22. He said, you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. Let me explain where I plucked that verse out of the scripture from. When God was going to walk with the children of Israel, the very first set of human beings that Jehovah God of heaven and earth walked with was the children of Israel after he picked Abraham. And so God was trying, they were living in a very idolatrous society. Jesus had not come at that time. They that worship the Lord shall worship him in spirit and in truth had not come at that time. The sacrificial lamb has not been offered on the, on, the, on the altar of the cross of Calvary at that time. So God was finding a way to translate the picture of heaven to earth. So what God decided to do was that, you know, Moses, you lived most of your life in Egypt where most things were visually proven. 
Because they don't have the spirit there residing with them. So God said, make an ark that will be a picture of what you saw in heaven. In actual fact, the picture of the ark of covenant is exactly the picture of the throne of God. So he said, when you picture it there, because we saw that book of Revelation, he said, on that throne, you have two cherubims that were covering it. If you read Revelation chapter 4, you see the same reflection there. So he said, when you made the ark, you will put a seat on that ark for me. And that will be the seat from where I will be relating to you. Every king has a seat. You agree with me? So the throne where God sits, he said, don't put any image there. Because I've told you in Exodus chapter 20, verses 2, verses 1 to 3, starting from verse 2 specifically, he said, thou shalt not make a graven image for yourself. Of things in heaven, of things on earth, of things on the earth. So don't put any image there. Leave it empty because you don't want to start corrupting your mind. But when you put that seat there, empty seat it will be. But I tell you, in that seat I'm sitting down. But you're going to name that seat. And the name you will give that seat shall be called the... Why not power seat? Why not even glory seat? Why not even beauty seat? Why not holy seat? All these things, they were legitimate and they were right and they were the characteristics of God. But of all the description of God, he said, if you will come to me, you must come to meet me at where at the mercy seat. You dare not come to meet him at the holy seat because your holiness will be too inferior. You dare not come to meet him at the place called the power seat because his power will consume you. You dare not approach him on the glory seat because nobody can see the glory of God and live. You know where you must meet him? At the mercy seat. Call it any other name and you're in trouble. Call it any other name and you'll be excluded. The place of meeting God is the place of mercy. Somebody say mercy. Say God of mercy. You know, I've lost so many things in life because I never understood mercy. And when he just, out of the blues as his wife, stared our hearts to say, this month of August, talk about mercy. I know what he meant now. Many are still running at us, trying to prove something to God. Forget about it. Come unto him and meet him. Where are the mercy seed? That's why he's waiting for you. Meet him at the mercy seed. That's why he's waiting for you. So also the Lord gave us an example. I will leave the one on Matthew chapter 2. If I don't use it today, we probably use it on Wednesday. I really want us to pray today. So what is the number one rule of the language of mercy that we must understand? One, it is, after all, you must know where English is primarily spoken. Amen. Number two, in the language of mercy, positive may look like negative. In the language of mercy, positive may look like what? Negative. Uh, you know, uh, part of my problem with French is la and lo. Please, French speakers, either in the house or listening online, please don't take offense with me. All the error of French is mine, not yours. Because I don't know, because it's confusing to me. Because it's supposed to be opposite to one another. Also in the kingdom of God, where we speak this mercy, positive may look like negative. And if you don't know it, you may call what is positive negative because it appears as negative. Come with me to Exodus chapter 13. And I read verse 17 and 18 to Exodus 13, 17. Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. 
Why God? <laughs> Does that make sense to you? He said, there were, of course, because you see the expo, <laughs> you see the answer. He said, God did not lead there by what? The way of the Philistine, even though it was shorter. It was a shorter distance. And you know what? Many of us are saying, Lord, this journey that you are taking me to this blessing is too long. It's too long. But do you know it's mercy speaking there? If I take you through the shorter cut, what will I be is, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. The marriage that has not happened, the child that has not come, the job that has not come, the blessing that seems to be pending. If I take you through the shorter cut, who knows? You might not have even bothered anymore. You might just say it's too hard. I don't want it anymore. So it's part of mercy. It's part of mercy that it takes us through longer trips sometimes. That's why it's God. I was sharing with the workers this morning. And don't forget something about God. God is a wise God. Are you hearing me? If you don't know anything about him, I've keyed into that long time ago. One thing, he's so wise. And many of you now, we've been together for quite some time. You know my, one of my favorite Bible verses, if not the most favorite Bible verse. Does anybody know it? Yeah? Romans chapter 11 verse 33. Romans eleven thirty three. It blows my mind when I read it. Come on, I should expect that to be in this. Thank you, God bless you, sir. Oh, what? The depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways, what? Past five days. Because I understand that a little bit, please permit me, uh, and I say that without any sense of arrogating to myself anything, because I play chess and I love chess. And in chess, you make some moves like this. You think that the person is about to lose. Then he will move on and move on. I remember one time I represented my university. You know, we played these inter-country inter, inter matches. I, I, I played for Unilag and somebody came from Ghana and, uh, and we played. And that was the only chess match that I won in my life. I will never forget it. And I was playing their grandmaster. He was the best player in, in Ghana. Of course, we always play about three matches. So he won two, I won one. But that one, that one I will never forget. It was a fantastic gambit, you know. He played one, one piece to me. If you are following chess, those of you don't, don't follow chess, let me bore you for the next one minute. It's part of the message. Get bored, amen. And so <laughs> I moved the piece. And then, you know, this guy just thought that I was foolish. I didn't know what I was doing. He just came out and picked that piece and opened himself up. I moved in again. It was a particular, I remember very clearly, it was a knife that I put at one corner. And I remember that God, that is my life. <laughs> it's the enemy thinks that he has cornered me. The enemy thinks that there's an opening in my life. The enemy just suddenly thinks that God, who is playing this boy's life, uh, thinks that there's an opening for him to come in and checkmate me and suddenly the Lord comes from behind and strikes him and there I've won the battle. If that is you, say a mighty hallelujah to the name of the Lord. That's how I like. Do you know the Bible tells me that if the powers of darkness had known that by crucifying Jesus Christ, they would not have crucified him. If they have known that they will get into that trouble, they will not have bothered getting into it because that trouble is the gateway to where the Lord is taking you. He's part of mercy. It doesn't look appealing. It doesn't look interesting. It doesn't look like what you want. But may God not give you all that you want. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How many will have eaten poison in this place? God don't give you what you have wanted. They were doing some play here yesterday. That girl wanted desperately Vivian. Wanted desperately what was the David. God David. 
If you were not here yesterday, you missed a little bit, you know. God, David. That's what. May God, I pray again. May God not give you all that you want. But may God give you that which he wants for you. Not just what you need. What he wants for you. What he wants for you. What he wants for you. If God has given me all that I want, I won't be standing here today. I won't be as blessed as I am today. I won't have the hope that I have today. I probably will not have been on my way to heaven. You know what I wanted for myself? You know the position I would have loved to be now? You know what I thought? I, when the Lord opened my eyes, he said, you will have long been sealed in the path of hellfire. Because at a stage, I will hand, take my hands off you, and you will do it your own way. One more time. Out of mercy, may the Lord not give you all that you want in the name of Jesus. So that's another thing. It may look negative, but please don't forget, inside that supposed negativity, there is the word positive there. In John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Let's look at another one very quickly. John chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. You're not talking about this longer route. Talking about this longer route, why you're open on to that. I remember clearly, some of you, you probably listen online um, to the Redeemed Christian Church, our church convention taking place in Lagos. You know, and there was one of the state governors in Nigeria that gave his testimony. That did anybody listen to that yesterday? Yeah, you know, awesome, mind blowing. Now that's my. I think it's a Samuel Autumn. Samuel Autumn. That's a Benue State. Yeah, uh, who was that before? Suswan was that? Suswan. Suswan. Yeah. Okay. And I, and and I remember back very clearly. You know, the man said he didn't have any formal education. He said, all home training, he became PhD. Now, is that story not sweeter than the story of those of us? Thank God we got some of those of us that we went to the best schools. Hallelujah. We even attended our university to get our PhD. <laughs> of course, we got some sweet stories that we have to tell ourselves. Amen. But there's something about, but when it was going through, it was hard, was it not? It was hard. And so just as what we are going through, it looks hard now. But the time is coming when you will share your statement and people say you, you stand out. People will say there's something special about you. It might look like failure. It might look like negative now. But inside it, God has got something positive for you. Unless believers will begin to live like that. Because even the journey to heaven is like that. We can't separate it. The mercy of God will appear to you this month. And where we have refused his plan, we shall embrace his plan in the name of Jesus. Let me, before I just take the next passage, if I will have to or not, I will will know in a moment. Please let me finally encourage us, beloved, that it is pointless following God if you will not trust him. It's pointless. If you not trust his judgment, if you not allow him to decide for you, if you not allow him to make choices for you, it's pointless. It's better you just part ways with him and say, Lord, I'm going to run my life. I will do it my way. I can go some distance. And God will say, yes, you can. But I know that's not what you have chosen. What we have chosen is that we allow him to run this life for us and we will have good story to tell at the end of the day. I will skip that John chapter 9 verses 1 to 7. It's well known verse to you. Or when those pass it to you, where the Lord, you know, confronted and shocked his followers. Okay, I'll probably just read a part of it, and then we, we won't dwell much on that. Now, it's 
I mark it in my Bible, that's miracle number six that the Lord Jesus Christ performed. I hope you know that the book of John contains seven eyes and seven miracles. All right, this miracle number six, so it, didn't, it didn't take much. I'm sure the man was not counted as one of the most prophetic and most in-depth books of the scripture. But he probably was the only one that recorded this as well. And because he has an insight into the workings of God more than probably the other writers or the Lord chose to give it that way. I don't know. But let's listen to the story very quickly. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? Now, how many times have you asked that question yourself? Why am I going through this? Because of my sin. Because you don't speak the language of mercy. Because if thou shalt mark our transgression. You know, on many occasions, of course, God does punish sin. And I mentioned that next. Of course, he chastises us when we miss the mark. But the truth of the matter is that many a times, what we go through, they are not necessarily as a result of our sin because nobody will stand. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sin, but what? That the works of God should be revealed in him. When this man was coming to earth, can you imagine heaven sitting down and making that decision? And the man was asked his opinion. We're going to send you to earth. You will have no eyes at all. And the purpose so that God can show that through Jesus Christ, he can create eyes. If you have access to your own fire, if I have access to my fire, let me talk about it. If I have access to my fire today, if I see what is written there about my tomorrow, before my tomorrow, because I know my end and your end will be very good. Amen. But in the journey to my tomorrow, if I see the fire, how horrified may I be? Now, that's a hard saying. You see, Jesus Christ was preaching one time in, in, in John chapter 6. When he preached on the land, he said, this is a hard saying, who can take it? I believe the Lord is sending hard saying to you today. And so that man was sent to the earth. He's been questioning, I didn't see. And Jesus said, the reason is that God wants to use him as a sample for the world to know. Ah, I don't know whether you have boldness to say amen to this one. May God not retrieve any of his plan for your life. No matter how difficult May God not retrieve any of plan for your life. And that's based on the fact that I know his thoughts for me are good. And I, I, I will always come back to that. It all st- it once you, you lose that, once Satan becomes the focus, he's after me, he will stop me. Where is God? As long as you know that God has my back, he has my best interest, even the prayer I need to pray against the devil, he will help me pray it, he will give it to me, he will direct me, then I will have victory. Haven't you known that the greatest people that are blessed are not the ones that do the greatest uh, deliverance services? I'm not against deliverance. I pray deliverance prayers. But I know. Take an example. Pastor Yadeboye, well known all over the world, he's made up his mind. One thing he will do most is just worship God. You worship God, you bring God down. You bring God down, you check Satan out. It's as simple as that. And so, I'm repeating again, brethren, take your eyes away from Satan, set your eyes on Jesus Christ. 
and it will fulfill his plan in your life. Number four, very, number three, very quickly, before we start praying. In the language of mercy, less is more. Less is more. What you get in benefit outweighs whatever you can ever give. What you get in benefit outweighs whatever you can ever give. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, he say, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, So he answered and said to him, to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, uh not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It is impossible to qualify as a gospel minister without mercy. It's impossible to serve God in any capacity without mercy. And I look say that great holiness preachers of today, they were womanizing drunken men of yesterday. And that tells me that it's not so much about what you do, it's about what God does in your life. Romans chapter 9 verse 16. Romans chapter 9 verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Uh, so then, sorry, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but who, but of God who shows mercy. And finally, before we pray, in the language of mercy, love takes an expanded meaning or definition. Hallelujah. I pray the Lord will help us to know how to hear. I repeat, may the Lord teach you and I to know how to hear. The Lord Jesus Christ says, so we take heed how you hear. It's not everybody that knows how to hear well. Uh, I don't know why the Lord dropped this on my heart. It's simply because we may be in here, we may not be hearing correctly what the Lord is saying unto us. What the Lord is saying unto you and I this afternoon is that is plan and purposes for you, they are beautiful and glorious. And whatever route it takes or that you are taking at the moment, be assured and be reassured that your tomorrow will be very alright. That you will not be stuck in the place that you are right now. It's part of the journey to your destination and that destination you will get there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on that, I will mention that part of the language of mercy is the fact of discipline. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. He says, it is the child that the father for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. I won't dwell on that, but I'll tell you there are two types of correction or chastisement the Bible talks about. One chastisement is for mistake. When you make a mistake so that God can catch your attention, he may chastise, he may withdraw, he may correct. Another one is not because you have made any mistake, it's purely for training. So when it's just because children say sometimes we say bedtime, and they've, they've linked bedtime with punishment. They say, but I've done nothing wrong. He said, it's not fair. 
No, the discipline of going to bed in time has got nothing to do whether you've done something wrong or right. And so many at times, God takes us through life discipline, not because you have done anything wrong. You must settle that in your mind. There are moments in which it's because we have sinned without any doubt. But please, it's the path of God that sometimes he takes us through difficult moments because of his mercy. So that we don't become rotten children, so that our root will go very down. About Thursday last week or so, I remember exactly where the Lord was saying that to me. He said, I want your root to be very deep down. And before your root can grow down, there needs to be sometimes climate that will make it hard for your root to go down. But I know in my heart, and I believe with you, that very soon you will be an example of the mercy of God. People will look at you and say, they cannot see anything discernible in you that qualifies you for what you are enjoying. They will look beyond your limitations. They will say, we have assessed you. We've seen the impact God is making through your life, but we cannot put our finger on anything to say that is why it is happening. That is when I know the person is in the Lord. As long as people can point onto, because everything you do, whatever you get in mercy must must supersede what you have done. I remember very clearly the way, the day this man went to the camp. I will give general example for you that you can relate to. Um, Pastor uh, Otterbill of Ghana. He went, he went to, to, to Redeem Christian Church camp in Nigeria. And before he gave his message, I remember that very message. One of the, maybe Congress 2014 or there about powerful message he gave. He was talking about the first principle and everything. But before he looked at the crowd and he nodded, he said, he said, this can only be God. That is no matter what you say about this man whom the Lord has placed there as the head of unity. Forget about whatever you say. He fasts, he's humble, whatever. He's got nothing to do. If you measure the scale of what you are saying, this is only God. That is where, that's what I, that's the message for you today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not for you to down tools. It's not for you to say we are not doing anything. It's for you to say, Lord, beyond my labor, give me favor. Beyond my effort, let the world not be able to know why I am where I am. People write books. They keep writing books. He said, why is your ministry doing very well? They, they can, once you can write something, then you are not doing very well. And you should be able to point to one or two and say, well, maybe. But the real thing is that when mercy is there, it will supersede all your own effort. Now, before I close out, before we start to pray... Please, you must be fully convinced and convicted in your heart that one thing and one thing you need at this moment is mercy. Are you convinced and convicted in your heart? That that's all you need. Even what God expects of you or what God wants you to do, one thing and one thing you need is mercy. Because it will even give you the tool to do what it requires from you. That's mercy. Jesus Christ was telling them, he said, were there not many widows in Israel? Why is it what the one has Zarephath? You know what he was saying? He said, why was the heart of nobody in Israel touched, prepared for Elijah so that that household can be blessed? That's the way God does it. That's part of his sovereignty. You see somebody, he finds it easy to, to, to do spiritual exercises, to pray, to, to fast, to be humble. Don't you know it's God that gives the person the ability to do it? <laughs> 
It's not those ones that I said, now everybody is doing 100 day fast. I will do 300. You can do 300 for as long as you like. The most important thing is that when God wants to help you, he will give you the grace to do what he wants you to do. That's what I've noticed about God. And I say, days like that. Let me give you a practical example before, before we pray. Uh, you say it happens, but it, has, it hasn't been happening as frequently as it used to happen before. Sometimes I will wake up like that in the morning and we hear the voice of the Lord very clearly. We said, for the next three days, no food. Ah, I said, no, Lord. So the usual, get it behind me, Satan. So, but I, I then discover to now ask. I said, Lord, if truly you are the one that you are asking me and telling me, whether continually or that, by midday, let it be so settled in my heart and in my body as well. Because your heart may want to fast, your body may not want to fast. And without fail, God has always helped me. That's the kind of life of mercy I want to live. That's the one that disarms the enemy. That's the one that is higher than any other thing. Please, please, when we start to pray, I, I, I have this pressure in my heart to if the last person that needs to really buy into this is yet to buy into it, a final statement, please, please, when we stand up, five prayer points we will pray. It's along the line of uh, the five smooth stones. Uh, he gave me one, he gave me two, he gave me three. I stopped. He says, go to be five. When five comes, I say, why, Lord? We say, well, it's going to be five smooth stones that you're going to use to kill Goliath. But those are the five smooth stones that David put in his pocket before he went out. And so, by the time we stand up, throw yourself in the hand of this God of mercy and see him do mighty things in your life. Rise on your feet with me and we quickly go through the prayer points. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll be pretty quick about them. I would have loved to put them on PowerPoint for those who want to continue to pray them. But if you like them later, probably ask them to type it out and send them out to you. I want us to say thank you, Jesus, for his love. I want us to bless the name of the Lord for his kindness and for his mercy. Remember his mercy that brought you this far. <laughs> Paul the Apostle told them in Galatians. <laughs> he said, oh foolish Galatians. <laughs> he said, who has bewitched you? He said, how do you think the journey that you started in the spirit will finish in the flesh? You know, they started working things out on themselves. <clears throat> we need to do this more. We need to do that more. He said, shut up. I brought you this far because of my mercy. I want you to say, Lord, I thank you. Your mercy has brought me this far. Spend a few moments, brothers and sisters, and just give thanks unto God. Thank him for mercy brought us this far. Thank him because if not for the mercy of the Lord, we will not be standing. Thank him because it has been his mercy that has kept us through dangers and difficult situations and circumstances. Thank him because it is mercy that we see you all the way through. Oh, bless his holy name. If not for mercy, I would not have been saved. 
He saved me just in time. He saved me at the nick of time. Who knows? I would have been unsavable if there's anything like that. I would have gone so far that I would have been no place in my heart for him. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your kindness towards me. You are mighty and faithful and true. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Psalm 6, verse 2, we'll take one, the first prayer point from there. Psalm 6, verse 2, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. <laughs> that will be prayed only by weak people here. He has said, let the weak say, but the weak must recognize themselves that they are weak. Those that are strong, those of you that really want to fight, you fighters, Keep quiet until we, the weak ones, want to lean on the Lord to help us out. Going to lift up our voices and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, help me because of your mercy, for I am very weak. Lift up your voices unto the Lord right now, that the Lord will help us. The Lord Jesus Christ in the garden of Gethsemane, he called for help. In his moment of agony, he even recruited his subordinates to pray for him because he recognized his weakness and his feebleness. A feeble, a weak person, God will not turn away. If the Lord of Moses have said that those that are weak, we must not punish them. How much more will God punish us for our weaknesses? You know where you are weak, might be morally weak, might be spiritually weak, might be weak in your character, might be weak in any area. Lord, help me, have mercy on me, oh God. Don't deal with me according to my weakness, because I will stand no chance whatsoever. Help me, have mercy on me, oh God. Begin to bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Please let your amen be loud and clear. Mercy number one, or mercy in area number one, you will receive in the name of the Lord Jesus. For all our weaknesses, we receive mercy in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said for all weaknesses in your lives, the one that you cannot share with anybody, the one that you have struggled with on your own, the one that is still troubling you, receive mercy in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive mercy. Receive mercy. Receive mercy. Receive mercy. Number two. And that's from Isaiah 54 verse 30. We say, have mercy, O Lord, for the enemy will love to afflict me. He will love to afflict me, but Lord, have mercy. His plan is to afflict. His plan is to keep me down. His plan is to keep me in trouble. But love, have mercy, have mercy. Let that pain, let that plan of the enemy draw mercy from you. Let him make you rise on your throne and say, you will not afflict this boy. You will not afflict this girl. Lift up your voice. Say, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, have mercy. Have mercy, for the enemy will love to afflict me. 
Lift up your voices and pray. Every plan to afflict my soul, to make me, oh God, to be cast down, to make me, oh God, to be under. Lord, let mercy stir from your heart and show yourself strong on my behalf. Lord, have mercy for the enemy will love to afflict me. He will love to afflict. He will love it. In actual fact, he may be afflicting in some areas. He may be making us to be reproachful already. But Lord, because you are a merciful God, let mercy stare from your heart. And look at this evil one trying to afflict me, oh God. And his plan shall come to nothing, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the whole church that the Lord we arise in mercy and the affliction that the enemy has planned against us we not stand. The affliction over your life, over your children, over your husband, over your wife, over your parents, over your sibling, over the body of Christ, over the gospel. The affliction of the enemy shall not stand because of the mercy of our God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And for all afflictions of the enemy, the one that is currently going on and the one that is planning, may the mercy of the Lord arise on your behalf in the name of Jesus. May he let his bowel of mercy flow towards you and deliver you in the name of Jesus. And you shall be free from all affliction. Number three. Pray that God should have mercy. He said, have mercy on me, O Lord. For we have been insulted and dealt with very contemptuously. And that's Psalm 123, verse 3. Psalm 123, verse 3. He said, have mercy on me, O God. That's how the psalm is putting. 123, verse 3. Um, where am I? He said, have mercy on us, O Lord. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Exceedingly filled with contempt. Other version says that they have dealt with us very insultingly. Maybe you have been dealt with insultingly. Employers could have dealt with you insultingly. Governmental agencies could have dealt with you insultingly. It's more than just stopping to give you something, but they rub insult into it. And you are powerless to do anything about it. But when God will arise in mercy, he will take the reproach and the insult away. The reproach and the insult away. So in the name of Jesus, you will lift up your hands and say, Father, have mercy on me. For I have been insulted and dealt with very contemptuously. Have mercy, O Lord. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. I have been insulted. I have been, they've said that he can't make it. They have insulted. They have said he can't go beyond there. They have insulted. They said there's a limitation to how far he can go. But because you will not allow that to go unvisited, you will not allow that to go unchallenged. Lord, by your mercy, let all the insult and all the manipulation of the enemy come to nothing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, and the Lord will hear your cry. He will see your agony. Those that have said 
that see her. We know she cannot even bring forth. You have been insulted. Those that have said see her are going to church. See what has happened to her. Those that have said see him with all his serving God. See how low he is. All the insult, the Lord in mercy. He will feel for you today. He will look at us in pity and will arise and will take the reproach away. Oh God, Father, have mercy upon us, we pray. Hallelujah. We thank you, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. As those your Christ are going to heaven, the Father will respond mightily and speedily in mercy in the name of Jesus. Number four, Father, have mercy on me, for I do not deserve it. <laughs> Uh, come and lift up your voice and pray that have mercy if I do not deserve it because that must be part of your prayer that must be part of your prayer in Romans chapter 9 verse 16 we read that before so then it is not of him who wills not of him who runs but of God who shows mercy Lord have mercy have mercy have mercy have mercy I do not deserve it oh God I do not deserve it have mercy, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, O oh God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. How many have you prayed already? Are you sure it's not five? Hallelujah. We're going to pray this final one. And then, by the special grace of God, we'll make declaration and God will arise on our behalf. Don't forget that when we pray like this, corporately, there's a release of the spirit. There's a liberty that probably may not easily come when you pray individually. And so please tap into it, tap into the corporate anointing for prayer that is here. And if that looks unusual to you, just flow with us. It will work for the apostles, it will work for us. In Acts chapter 4, verse 26, he said, they prayed, and where they prayed, the place shook. He said, they raised their voices. So our raising our voices to cry unto God is a biblical principle that God has put in place for us to do. So you've got to take this final prayer and pray with all your heart and with all your energy. He says, have mercy on me, O Lord, for vain is the help of man. That's from Psalm 108, verse 12. Vain is the help of man. Because many are times where we are looking for help, connection here and there. Somebody to help me. You know, if I just know a lawyer, if I just know a somebody, if I just know you know, forget about that. Where mercy of God is, it supersedes all those connections. It supersedes all those expertise. It even supersedes your certificate. Good, your certificate may be, but when mercy comes in, it supersedes it. So together we shall lift up our voice here and say, Father, have mercy on me. For vain and useless is the help of man. Vain is the help of man. Help me, oh God. I do not rest on the help of man. You may use men, but Lord, I don't look up to men. It's you I look up to my father. I don't look up to men. It's you, it's you, it's you. Whichever man you want to use in my life, whichever people you want to place your hand upon to be a blessing to me, I receive their help. I receive their ministry, but Lord, by your grace and by your mercy, deliver me, oh God. Let your name be glorified in my life. 
in the name of Jesus. We draw a line in the sand, oh God, of any plan, of any scheme of the enemy. But Lord, you will be glorified. Begin to bring your prayer to a close. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. May your life not depend upon the ability of men in the name of Jesus. May it not depend on it. He will use whoever he wants to use to help you. But no human being on the surface of the earth will be able to say, it's because of me you are standing. It's not pride. It's not pride. It's not pride. It's not pride. For everything everybody has done for me in this life, those that are in this room and outside, I say thank you. But my life does not depend. For everything, anybody all over the world that God has used me to do one little thing or the other for, where I say thank God on your behalf. But truly, your life does not depend on me. Whether I'm there or not there, God will be your God. Shall we lift up our two hands to the heaven, brothers and sisters? Thank you, Father. 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 I ask, Lord, that all these are lifted up to you. Let them touch that mercy seat right now in the name of Jesus. I say, let all these hands touch that mercy seat right now. Let all our hands touch your seat, O oh God. Let our hand touch your seat, O oh God. I release your blessing upon us in the name of Jesus. And because we are subjects of mercy, every scheme and plan of the enemy is totally defeated and shattered in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We give you glory. We must end this session with thanksgiving. Give him praise right now. Give him honor. Give him adoration. His glory we share with no man. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. Who daily, Lord, you will benefit. We forget not all your mercy and your kindness, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have worshiped and prayed. Amen.